Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Bat Flip Crazy Podcast. It's crazy to think about, but we are already on episode 10 and it has been a fun ride, at least uh, for me. I hope it has been for you as well. For folks who are new to the podcast, um, the Bat Flip Crazy Podcast is all about enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis. I am your host, Toby. In today's podcast, it's going to be a quicker podcast than usual. We're just going to cover two struggling lefties who folks brought up on Twitter as uh, having uh, various concerns. The first is Sean Newcomb of the Atlanta Braves, and the second is going to be Robbie Ray of the Arizona Diamondbacks. You can listen to us on iTunes or other podcast platforms. We are a new podcast. It's super helpful if you enjoy uh, the product that we're bringing. If you would go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating, write a nice review. We've already had a number of people do both of those things, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It just um, really makes... Uh, it's fun. It's it's awesome to hear positive things about the podcast. So hope you enjoy it. Hope it's helpful. You can follow me on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy, and the blog is batflipcrazy. Dot com. Let's get this party started. First up, we are going to take a look at Sean Newcomb, left-handed starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. Newcomb, uh, coming into the season, um, was going fairly late in drafts, and he was a really pleasant surprise uh, early on. Um, to date, in 105 innings pitched, he has a 3 51 ERA, a 128 whip, and he's got 97 strikeouts in those 105 innings. So pretty decent. The whip is is getting up there. The ERA is solid. If we look at um, his K and uh, K and walk rate, he's got a 22.2% K rate, slightly below league average. His walk rate is at 11.9%, which is a healthy bit above league average of 8.6. And that's kind of been uh, the the story for Newcomb, at least early on in his career, is his major struggles with control. Now that K and walk percentage give you a 10.3% K minus walk rate, which is uh, about 3.5% below league average. Looking at um, his swinging strike rate, also below average at 9.9%, uh, about about five about half a half a percent below that. His first pitch strike rate really tells you the tale of control issues. It's at 54.1% this year, which is actually uh, worse than last year. Um, you know he really struggled with control with a 12.5% walk rate last year, and he is four and a half percent below that this year. His zone percentage is also lower. Uh, than average at 40.5 percent it's normally around 43 percent league average that first pitch strike rate 60 percent is around league average so he's well below that so the skills aren't really giving us uh, many good vibes right now Uh, his o swing is at 28.9 percent again about one and a half percent below league average which um, you know looking at the skills doesn't really tell you how Newcomb has been effective so far this year. The tale of effectiveness really relies on 
um, or stems from Newcomb's batted ball profile. He's giving up a very low uh, or decently low hard hit rate at 31.8%. Uh, 35.5% is about league average. But his soft hit rate is up at 23.2%, which is 5% above league average, which is around 18%. So that's really good. Um, And that really has been, I think the story for Newcomb has been uh, his batted ball profile. Now, when we look at some of the... um, some of the kind of regression metrics or you know quote unquote luck, luck metrics they're not really they're not necessarily that but um you know his babip of 255 really tells you the story of that contact uh, management if you will and we'll take a little look later on to see whether that is a you know whether he's earned that 255 babip or whether that's been driven by some some good luck on balls in play his left on base percentage or strand rate is at 75.9%, which is above uh, average, which hovers around 72% uh, for starting pitchers, but it's also consistent with a higher um, uh, left on base rate for his career at 75.5%, you know, albeit that's about 200 innings pitched uh, of a sample. So, you know, looking at that BABIP is what we really want to see. Um, you know, is that BABIP seem like, seem like it's earned or not? The ERA estimators, because a lot of them rely on league average um, balls in play, so league average BABIP, they don't like um, what they're seeing. So that 351 ERA that he's, that Newcomb's got comes with a 414 FIP, a 434 X FIP, which is partially due to a... Um, lower than league average home run per fly ball rate at 11%. And then Sierra really doesn't like it at four point, uh, uh, at a 460 uh, Sierra. So we'd expect that, you know, given that uh, Newcomb's BABIP is so low and uh, as is his home run per fly ball rate. But let's dive in a little bit and see whether we think that that, um, whether that's a earned uh, low BABIP or not. Looking at the traditional batted ball profile, you know, line drive rate is is pretty low at 18.9%. Ground ball is at 46.2%. Fly ball is about league average at 35%. Infield fly ball rate also around league average at 11%. So nothing necessarily stands out um, here in terms of the batted ball profile. But where he does stand out for his batted ball profile is when you dig into the X stats, which we like to do. Again, X stats breaks it down into six batted ball types. Dribblers, which are poor ground balls, so low BABIP ground balls. Ground balls, which are kind of higher BABIP ground balls. Line drives, which are your kind of BABIP driver, you know, over the head of the infield in front of the outfielder type line drives. Hard drives, which are your higher line drives, lower fly balls, which tend to go for extra base hits and home runs. Your fly balls, which are you know generally outs if they're not hit hard. If they're hit hard, they have the potential to do some damage. And then pop-ups, which are essentially your automatic outs. So when we look at his X-Stats uh, batted ball profile, we see some really great improvement across the board. His pop-up rate is up 1.5%. Uh, percent from last year to 18.4%, which is a little bit above average. His fly ball percentage is up as well. It's up 2.3% to 11.1%. 
You know, this isn't too concerning, again, because we have that hard drive bucket, which is a lot of your extra base hits and home runs. Having an elevated fly ball percentage isn't too much of a concern as long as a lot of those aren't hard hit fly balls. And then um, uh, his hard drive rate is down 2.5% to 7.6%. League average is around 11%. So that is a terrific number. You know, that means that he is limiting some of the most dangerous batted balls uh, that you can see, which is which is awesome. His dribblers is also up 2% to 28.7%, which is almost 4% above league average, uh, which is, again, terrific. So what you see, um, and his line drive rate is also down to 14.9%. It's down 5%. So what you see is across the board, we see some really good movement in the batted ball profile for Sean Newcomb. He is giving up worse contact um, in, um, you know, across the board and really limiting that good contact. So, you know, that is all good news. The challenge is, is that when you put it all together, uh, because of the, the, you know, less than league average K rate, the the walk rate, you know, we see a a much higher uh, expected on base average at 311 uh, than his actual WOBA. So his XOBA, um, expected weighted on base average, is at 311, according to XStats, versus 290. Now, a lot of this is BABIP driven. So that 255 BABIP we talked about earlier Newcomb's expected BABIP, according to XStats, is actually 304. So there's a significant gap uh, there. He's been a little bit unlucky in home runs, 11 home runs to 10 expected home runs, but not a huge difference there. So when we look at whether that 255 BABIP has been earned by Newcomb, there's some really good movement in his batted ball profile, but not enough to, uh, to earn that 255 BABIP. It looks like he has been getting lucky. Where the major problems for Newcomb come into play and what gives me huge concerns aside from the expected regression on that BABIP, you know, we're going to expect that to continue to regress a little bit um, if everything stays the same, is that over his last five starts, Newcomb's skills are way down. And it's hard to really explain how way down they are. Across the board, they are atrocious. So you're looking at a 7.8% swinging strike rate, which is about 3% below league average. That is horrible. That's like heavy sinker type of swinging strike rate. His O swing is down to 28%. So not only is he getting stringing strikes, but we're going to need to see really good, good control metrics because he's not forcing batters to chase pitches outside the zone. He's below league average there. His first pitch strike rate is at 45.5%, 15% league average. And his zone percentage is 3.5% below league average at 39.5%. So you wrap that all together, he's not getting strikeouts. <coughs> he's not getting folks to chase. He's not getting ahead of batters. And he's not throwing pitches in the strike zone. The result is that his walk percentage in that time is up to 14.3%. 8.6 is league average. So he's almost double league average 
for his walk percentage. Now, there are very few pitchers that are going to be successful walking batters at almost twice the rate of league average, especially if you're not getting strikeouts. When we dig into Newcomb's pitch mix, things are equally concerning. So a major issue is that he can't throw his off-speed and breaking stuff for strikes. Everything except for all of his pitches other than his four-seam fastball have a zone percentage of 35% or below. And since he's not getting any on uh, O swings on anything but his changeup, that is just... Um, that is, that's a tough mix to deal with. On top of that, um, in his pitch mix, Newcomb is throwing that changeup, his best pitch, less from a high of 20%, 28% over five games ending on May 31st down to 19% in his last five games. So obviously there are major issues for Newcomb. He's been lucky on balls in play. So we can expect, at least if everything, um, if all the skills and batted balls continue, we can expect the same. We'd expect um, some significant regression on balls in play. He also can't throw his best pitches, his off-speed pitches, for strikes. And batters seem to be either adjusting or recognizing his pitches better because his O-swing is also down and they're laying off pitches. Coupled together, this is really a recipe for disaster for the second half. If you own Newcomb right now, I'd be looking to sell. I know you're not selling high. Um, you're selling kind of in that middle range, but he's still got the solid ERA. He's still got a 1.28 whip. There are owners who will be willing to take a chance, um, having seen what he did in the first half, and maybe expecting... Um, that this is just a blip in an otherwise really strong season. But looking at the skills, looking at the pitch mix, it's really hard to see a way out of this for Newcomb. If you're not able to get rid of him, I would definitely keep him on your bench, monitor the next couple games, see how the skills look, uh, and don't be the person who holds on too long waiting for Newcomb to turn things around when I can't, to be honest with you, find a single sign there. Outside of that strong, you know, batted ball profile that we talked about, uh, for him to be able to continue the early season success that he had. That Sean Newcomb analysis, I couldn't help but put in the uh, sad cello there to uh, bring us into Robbie Ray. Uh, there are very, there's very few times that I've been into a pitcher's profile with a little bit of hope and come out with such uh, just not a just not a good look on Newcomb. So um, let's hope uh, Robbie Ray is a little bit different. So Robbie Ray has struggled. Obviously, he was out for a couple months with injury. He's been back now for four starts. In 48 and a third innings, he has a 503 ERA, a 1.49 whip, 
73 strikeouts in those 48 and a third innings. That's why you own him, right? His K percentage is at 34.1%, slightly above last year at 32.8%. His walk percentage is also up 2% from last year at 12.6%, 4% above league average. His K minus walk rate as a result of that really high K rate is at um, is at 21.5%, so you know about 8% above league average. When we take a look at his BABIP, that is clearly a major issue for Ray as it usually is. It's at 343 right now. His career BABIP is at 321, but he has had very high BABIP years before, including a 352 mark in 2016. Taking a look at the skills, his swinging strike rate as usual is very strong at 13.4%. That is slightly below last year's 14.2% though. His O swing is at 30.3%, which is a half percent above last year and right around league average. The one area where he has seen an improvement in his skills is actually his first pitch strike percentage. He's at 62.2%, slightly above average. This is the um, first time since 2015 that he's broken the 60% mark, which is great to see, although his zone percentage is down uh, more than 4%, down at 39.2%, about 4% below league average as well. So... He's throwing more first pitch strikes to get ahead of folks, but he is not throwing the ball. He's not throwing strikes as much. When we get to <coughs> his batted ball profile is where we, we're going to start to see where the issues are for Ray and pitch mix a little bit later. But his hard hit rate is 47.3%, which is elite. That's like, you know, if a really, really good hitter, if he was facing all, you know, Joey Votto's, uh, 47.3% is, is incredibly high, and his soft hit rate is down as well. It's down 4% at 12.5%, which is not a good look since league average is around 18%. He is giving up more fly balls than ever before at 44.5% of his balls in play compared to 40.3% last year and a 36.6% fly ball rate for his career. Ground balls are down a lot at 33.6%. This is not good. That's what we like to see from elite power hitters, not necessarily our pitchers. His career average is 42%, and he was at 40.3% last year, so huge dip in ground ball rate. His line drive rate is at 21.8%, a little bit above league average, which hovers around 21% and 2% worse than last year. So... That batted ball profile is headed in the wrong direction and looks like uh, the reason why we may have that 343 Babbitt. His strand rate is at 76.7%, which is a little elevated, but not nothing uh, too outrageous. His career rate is at 73.9%. Things don't get much better for Ray when we delve in a little deeper on his X-Stats batted ball profile. He has a really hard, high hard drive rate at 17%. That's up 16% from last year and 6% above league average as well. 
his line drive rate is at 22.3%, which again, isn't the same as line drive rate that Fangraphs and other folks um, have on their sites. This is only your lower line drives, you know, your high BABIP line drives that don't go for extra base hits um, as often as say your high, high drives. So that's at 22.3%, which is 6% above league average and a 5% jump from last year. At the same time, his dribbler percentage, so those poor ground balls, are down 5% to 17%, which is more than 7% below league average. And his pop-ups are down another percent. So everything in his batted ball profile is going the wrong direction. He's giving up better contact, and he's giving up more high quality contact, and he's giving up less poor contact. That is a recipe for a high BABIP. Um, when we look at his X stats, he does have that elevated BABIP up at 343, but he's still actually been lucky on balls in play with a 354 expected BABIP. Where he has been unlucky, though, is uh, in his home runs. So he's given up 10 home runs this year and only 7.6 expected home runs. So if there is a silver lining in the X-Stats batted ball profile um, and just looking at the expected stats, it is that we would we would we will likely see some regression in that home run to fly ball rate and in the overall home runs that he gives up. So that is a little bit of good news. When we take a look at Ray's uh, profile over the last five games. Things are looking okay, um, pretty solid. He's got a 64.4%. Um, this is actually over the last four games, so since his DL stint. His first pitch strike rate is up at 64.4%, which is great. We like to see that. His zone percentage, though, is down a lot. It's at 37.3%, so that's about 6% below league average. The good news is that compensating for that a little bit is a bump in his O swing to 34%. So 34% of those pitches that are outside the zone, um, he's inducing batters to swing at. And that his swinging strike rate is still, as usual, a solid 13.6%. It isn't in the 14% range like it was last year. But again, still a very high um, for a starting pitcher. Now, getting into uh, Ray's pitch mix, one thing that jumps out is that his velocity year over year is actually down um, 1%. So whereas last year he was, in, he was throwing around 94 miles per hour, this year he is closer to uh, 93 miles per hour. And as we take a little dive into some of his pitches and how they're, they've been faring, I think that velocity may have something to do with it. Not everything, but something to do with it. So his four-seam fastball is struggling this year. It's usually a plus pitch for him, but it's getting hammered. So it has a 146 WRC plus this year with a 379 WOBA against. Both of those are are atrocious. It means that it's doing 46% um, worse than league average. Uh, batters are doing very well against it. 
and that's after two years where it's below 100. So um, batters were hitting below league average against it. And the swinging strike rate on the pitch is also down uh, about 2% to 7.8%, which is also a little bit of a concern. His curve has also been struggling. It's been a real, uh, it's been a really huge plus pitch for him the last couple of years. It was at, uh, had a WRC plus of 16 in 2016, which is really good, and 47 last year. Again, stellar marks. But this year it's at 116 WRC plus. So batters are hitting above league average against it, and that's includes a 331 weighted on base average or woba. His swinging strike rate is down 3% on that pitch from 18.4% to 15.3%. His slider remains um, elite though not not quite as elite as it has been in past years. So velocity is down a tick. Curve is not as good as last year. Fastball not as good as last year. A lot of warning signs here. But the good news is that Ray, in his last start, his fastball velocity was up to 94.6 miles per hour. So right at, if not a little above, where it was last year, which is a really, really good development. Now, before his injury, we started to see Ray's fastball ticking up again as well. And so this could be uh, the start of something beautiful as in the turning around of his season if he can get that velocity up get that fastball working again that curve works off that four seam fastball so that could be a really um, good development in addition the movement of his pitches have been a little has been a little wacky early on in the in the season a little up and down but it seems to be um, lining up with where Uh, his pitches were in 2017 and 2016, which is really good news. So the key is going to be to monitor the velocity on Ray's fastball over the next couple starts. If he's at 94 miles per hour or above, I think it's a really good sign that he can turn things around. Now, will he turn them back around to 2017? Probably not. He relied on a very low BABIP and a very high strand rate uh, to get to those numbers. But could we see him get back into the mid threes range with, you know, while continuing to rack up those Ks? Um, If that velocity gets back up there, I would not necessarily be surprised to see something of that nature. And raised strikeouts can really bring a lot of value. The whip is going to be an issue. Um for Ray as long as the batted ball profile looks like it does. (coughs) That is truly a horrendous batted ball profile. But again, how much of that is is driven by the lack of velocity and the fact that his fastball and curve aren't, aren't doing as well. I'd say probably a decent chunk of that. So hopefully as if we can continue to see that velocity increase, we'll see an improved batted ball profile as well. Something closer to last year, where maybe he's giving up a few more pop-ups, a few more dribblers, a few more fly balls, less hard drives, less line drives. Um, I think that'll be 
really the, um, the ideal scenario. So in closing, Ray has deserved the poor performance to date. Um, it stems from a really, really bad batted ball profile. The skills have dipped a little bit, but they're still pretty good. We see some encouraging signs with that first, first pitch strike percentage. If, um, if we can see that fastball velocity getting back up, I do think that it could be the sign of a turnaround. And so monitor that fastball velocity closely. You know, monitor the results as well. But if you start to see that fastball velocity go up and the results aren't that <coughs> great still, um, don't necessarily be afraid to pull the trigger. You know, just make sure you give a good detailed look. Maybe go to uh, Baseball Savant's Game Feed app. See what the hit probability, some of the exit velocity numbers are. Um, but I really do think that there's the possibility that Ray can turn this around if the velocity keeps on headed, heading in the right direction. So some more positive news than what we had with Sean Newcomb on Robbie Ray, although obviously some very depressing uh, results that fantasy owners have likely um, had hit their bottom line so far this year. All right, we are back with our calm beat transition as opposed to our very sad cello after getting a much rosier or optimistic uh, review of Robbie Ray than we did Sean Newcomb, although obviously Ray has his own issues he needs to overcome. That's going to wrap us up for episode 10 of the Batflip Crazy podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm really enjoying doing the podcast, being able to go uh, into depth on some of these players and share some of these tools. If you can't tell, I really uh, nerd out on this stuff. And without all of you out there listening, um, it you know I wouldn't be able to do this. So I just really appreciate this. If you like what you're hearing, please do go to iTunes or your preferred podcast platform. Leave us a five-star rating. Give us a review if you're so moved. We um, can't tell you how much I appreciate folks doing both of those things. This is kind of the worst time in fantasy baseball of the year because we get to de- we have to deal with three days without any fantasy baseball. I'm going to come back before the break is over with some of my second half highs and lows, hopefully help you out there. But that is it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Best of luck with all of your fantasy baseball research over the break.